reason will not lead to solution. I will end up lost in confusion. I don't care if you really care, as long as you don't go. And ladies and gentlemen, you better not go anywhere, because today we're going to be talking about the band, The Cardigans, and their number one hit wonder hit, Love Fool. That's right, you're listening to the One Hit Wonder Why podcast, the podcast where we review one hit wonder albums. Buckle up, boppers. Everybody and welcome to the One Hit Wonder Why podcast, the podcast where we review One Hit Wonder albums and afterwards we wonder why. My name is Eric Hasenjager. I am a fellow music nerd, fellow, fellow. Uh, thank you so much for clicking play on the play button here or pressing play on the play button. Uh, I don't know how many times I said play, but it's probably a lot. So, and I'm not going to edit that out. But uh, thank you so much for joining us today here. I'm very excited. If this is your first time, welcome. If this is not your first time, welcome again. Uh, how this show works is I review one-hit wonder albums. And for those of you who don't know, that's a mouthful. Uh, one-hit wonders in the music industry is usually they have one mainstream hit, the artist or band, and then they kind of disappear into the, uh, the ether, the abyss. But... I have a fascination with one-hit wonders. I uh, I always look at it in a positive light. So this is a more a positive tone podcast. Uh, I don't like. There's no shame here. One hit is better than no hits, as I said in the first episode. Uh, so I am gonna be looking at the artist or band, and then reviewing the one hit, uh, and then looking at the rest of the songs in the album, and kind of seeing if they stack up to the number one hit, and uh, if there's any that I would uh, recommend here. And uh, I will rate it each uh, song, and uh, a very sophisticated rating system. If I uh, do, if I may add it myself here, uh, it's a rating system from one to five. Five being the highest, one being the lowest, and it's a one to five bops. You want the highest bops on the song. That's higher the better. Uh, again, very scientific. And uh, so then I will add up all the bops each song, or all from all the album. And then I'll divide it by the amount of tracks the album has. And then there'll be a final rating for that album here. So that is just a small overview. I'll go more into it later on. But I want to get right down to today's episode. Episode 6, The Cardigans, 1996 hit, Love Fool. So before we look at the band Cardigans here, let's just look back at the music scene in 1996. More specifically, the rock scene. Uh, rock was in a weird place around this era in the mid nineties. Uh, so grunge is for the most part, completely over. Uh, you know, I think you could say like after, you know, Kurt Cobain passed away, uh, grunge was, was pretty much finished. And for the most part, it kind of was, but at this point, 1996, uh, you know, grunge is completely done for, I mean, not, not to say, you know, there, there's still like grunge music being made, like bands like Soundgarden and Stone Temple Pilots, Pearl Jam, they all had albums come out at this time here in, in the 96. So they weren't completely done for. It's just they had to adjust, and I, they probably they didn't have the most commercial success uh, as it, uh, at this time here. So there were a lot more alt-rock groups and artists, I felt like, that were starting to pop up and kind of shifting a tone 
and being a little more experimental sounding. Um, I think the doom and gloom of grunge, which you know definitely has its place. I I love grunge. Don't don't get me wrong. It I think it felt like it kind of swung a different way here, and I felt like artists, alt rock artists like uh, Beck, who put out an amazing album uh, this year, and Odile. Just a, a classic right there, and uh, definitely the, the band, the Smashing Pumpkins, comes to mind too for uh, this discussion because they they did come out uh, in the grunge era, but I didn't really view them as grunge per se. They were more a psychedelic approach. But in uh, late '95, when uh, their double LP Melancholy and Infinite Sadness came out, another classic album. Uh, the, the song 1979 was just a, definitely a departure, a more nostalgic uh, take, and definitely it was the right place, the right time for that song to come out. That song uh, felt like it was a step in the direction of just being away from grunge. There are some like heavy songs on that album, but uh, 1979 was just like monstrous. Uh, so. I'm not surprised that that took off, and that was kind of the pivot that uh, a lot of rock trends started to hit. Uh, Metallica was never, you know, they weren't metal anymore. They were more hard rock around this time. And then there was a, a pocket of alt-rock groups and artists that uh, wanted to make a little weirder, a little more uh, out there type music, like the presence of the United States of America or Cake. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. This uh, blend of kind of quirky alt-rock groups, you know, achieved le different levels of success. And also, with grunge kind of, you know, going by the wayside, I, I felt like the overseas groups started to carve a niche in the uh, U.S. markets. Uh, bands like Blur and uh, Oasis, you know, Britpop rock groups, uh, started to kind of feel like they became more mainstream around this era. I mean, when you talk about Oasis, you can't not talk about that song. Dudes wearing backwards hats and uh, bringing acoustic guitars to campfires or parties. The uh, favorite anthem right there. I uh, th There was definitely a market for just, uh, I guess my point is, is a variety and around this time, there was quite a variety uh, that uh, people got here. And with the influx of overseas artists and bands, I, I, this you know leads into right who we're going to talk about, and a band, a little band from Sweden called the Cardigans. So let us look into uh, who the Cardigans are. Vocalist Nina Person, guitarist Peter Svensson, bassist Magnus Svensson. Guitarist, keyboardist Lars Olaf Johansson and drummer Banks Lagerberg all formed the instrumental lineup here. I probably butchered at least half that uh, those names, so all apologies here. Uh, but yeah, a Swedish bass band. They formed in late 1992 in the town of Jan Shopping. Uh, Peter, the guitarist, and Magnus, the bassist, all uh, were in a few earlier bands, a lot heavier uh, metal bands earlier on. Uh, but then their sound slowly changed, and the, their new iteration, they wanted a, a female singer, so they auditioned a few times, and they found uh, Nina, who uh, 
through a mutual friend uh, audition and got the job right away. And now Nina, she grew up in a musical family with uh, her father playing guitar and a mother who loved to sing. But her her passion in the few interviews I've seen is more was more in visual arts. So she didn't have really any intention in singing. But uh, as you know, she started to be kind of more in bands. As in uh, later in high school, she started to become more comfortable and more confident, and then uh, eventually she got the job as being the vocalist of the Cardigans. And uh, according to in an interview uh, when you mentioned Peter and Magnus, you know they were playing when they were playing heavy metal music. Even though they were playing angry music, I don't think they were very angry. Uh, she said we were all instantly comfortable making Cardigans music. They, uh, the Cardigans eventually signed to a Swedish label by the name of Trampoline Records in early 1994 in Sweden, and they released their first album, Emmerdale. And uh, the first album, I took a listen here. It's it's very poppy. I mean, it's even more popular, uh, but the lyrics are really not a whole lot to latch on to. So just as a general broad review for that uh, particular album, I just took a, you know, a few listens. It, nothing that really stood out, uh, not as polished, but uh, after a lot of touring of uh, in 1994, the band released their second album, Life, and it became a international success, selling more than a million copies in the UK, Japan, I believe it, it was you know, platinum. Um, the band then signed to a small US label in Chicago called Minty Fresh, and they released that record in uh, earlier 1996 with a couple songs from their first album, Emmerdale, included as well. So after the success with Life, uh, the Cardigans signed with a major U.S. record company, Mercury Records, uh, owned by Universal. The, this is where it leads to the band releasing their third album, the first band on the moon. The album we're going to talk about today, released internationally in the U.S. on September 6, 1996. So that's just a little something about the Cardigans, their upbringings, their uh, origin story. So... That is about them. Let us talk about their number one hit, Love Fool. Yes, the mother of all earworms, Love Fool. This is a love it or hate it category for this song. And uh, when this when this came out, I was in the hate it. I was not feeling it. This was not my wheelhouse. Uh, but as I've gotten older, more open and, and wiser, maybe not wiser, but at least older and more open, I, uh, I've gone to appreciate this song. And uh, there's, there's some depth to it. Uh, the production, uh, we'll go more into detail later. But just want to see, uh, say how this song kind of blew up initially uh, overseas here in, uh, in America. So the song ended up on the soundtrack for the 1996 film Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. My heart loved till now, for swear at sight, for I never saw true beauty till this night. Director Baz Luhrmann was a big fan of the Cardigans and. He had asked them to do a specific song for the film, but uh, at that point, the band was recording First Band on the Moon, so they sent them a collection of songs to uh, use, and uh, a 
according to Nina in an interview, uh, we gave him a slow ballad, but Boz asked for something jollier. Uh, I like almost all of our other songs better than Love Pool. Even so, the song became a huge hit in the U.S., moving from alternative rock radio stations to Top 40. And this crossed over to the U.S. here, uh, becoming a global hit. So it just just back then, uh, films using like specific songs to kind of promote the movie and also promote the artist or band was a big thing back then. And uh, Love Pool was no exception and just absolutely catapulted the whole band into global success. So that is just a backstory of Love Pool. Let us look onto the actual song. Let's play a little clip here. What a bop, what a bop. Uh, yeah, I th this song is infectious. It's got a groove musically. Uh, this song just gets going right away. It doesn't waste any uh, time. It gets right to the hook, uh, like any good pop hit should. The splashy, dreamy-like guitar bits in there uh, creates this melancholy dreamscape. The bass line is thumping. Uh, just hearing it just like makes you want to move and groove. The uh, disco drum beat is infectious for this type of melody. The uh, I like the distorted fuzz guitar notes that are sprinkled throughout that give an air of uneasiness and an otherwise happy-go-lucky uh, tempo of a song. And uh, the pre-vocal, the pre-chorus with uh, her vocals getting the filter effect is very nice. And speaking of the vocals, an excellent job uh, from Nina here. Like the whole band is very tight. Uh, the bassist, drummer. Uh, the guitar, even though the guitar is not like prevalent a uh, whole lot, it's it's definitely does its job. Uh, and yeah, the vocals are are, are great here. And uh, lyrically, there's uh, a big difference to what the music is and what the lyrics are about. The lyrics, the song is, it's basically about a girl who who loves who's in love with a guy who no longer loves her. Sometimes when someone is over you, you'd rather have them lie to you and tell you that they still want to. They still want you and hear the truth, but you know it doesn't solve this problem, but it helps the pain go away. So it, it sounds like this song. She sounds like she blames herself for the breakup, and she wants to stay in this like false reality or false uh, dreamhood of wanting uh, her you know, significant other back. It's definitely a creating this like old bubble for yourself. It's it, it's kind of it's interesting and it's kind of sad, and it to. Uh, because it's a very upbeat uh, music, so it's that contrast that makes it a very interesting uh, level of uh, song here that uh, go together well. Um, I, I, it's you looking at the lyrics. It's like um, you know, reason will not lead to solution. I will end up lost in confusion. I don't care if you really care as long as you don't go. It's it's definitely a tale as old as time of not you know getting over the one that got away. Uh, trying to cope. It's a coping song, and uh, yeah, it does a, a wonderful job of it. This this song's got a lot of depth. Uh, so we now go to the rating of uh, Love Pool. No surprise. Uh, one bop is the lowest, five is the highest, and uh, Love Pool 
is going to get five bops. Uh, I cannot speak highly of this song. Absolutely love it. So that is the rating uh, for Love Fool. So let's get down to the rest of the album. First band on the moon by the Cardigans. Let's get to the first track. And we have your new cuckoo. Your new cuckoo. Coming on up. interesting opener uh it has a james bond-esque instrumentation uh i feel like i uh, am gonna be watching some spy movie uh from the 60s uh the la la la's gives it a, a dreamy like quality the uh, accompanying acoustic guitar in the background sounds pretty crisp uh the lead guitar riff is a little meh but towards the end it is played in a, a clean channel and it sounds sounds better and the outro flute I, uh, you know, I'm a sucker for flutes uh, when it's sprinkled in there, so I, I do like that. Uh, lyrically, it's a, uh, it's about an ex that, uh, you know, that has a new girl, or in this case, referred to as the new cuckoo. Uh, how this guy continues to feed this new girl the same lines. Um, the one of the lyrics says, "Your words were clear. You said, let's say forever. Let's say it's true. So without even hearing it." So you can see the this guy is playing the love interest the same way that uh, he played her. So it, it's got a, a certain bite to it in the lyrics. Uh, musically, I don't think there's anything super outstanding. There's nothing super terrible. Uh, it's an okay opening track. Uh, it, it does kind of wear out its welcome a little bit, but uh, it's unique. Uh, again, the Cardigans, a lot of this album is going to be, uh, quote-unquote, uh, you know, if you have to box in music, and I hate doing that, It's uh, but, you know, I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, it's kind of like... They're, they more like 60s lounge rock pop uh so this this song definitely demonstrates their uh kind of a theme throughout the whole album so uh as far as a rating for your new cuckoo the first track i would have to give it three bops three bops here so on to the next one and this is going to be the second single that was off the album bin it decent bopper uh the pre-chorus i like a lot the chorus itself gets a little muddled up uh, a bit and it feels too busy too much going on for the listener to take on uh, more specifically the bells it just it feels a little overstuffed the uh, overseas single uh the u.s single trims it down a little bit with the fading track and i think that maybe it's for the better um the drums uh, throughout the record sound excellent and this is no exception uh lyrically and it, it also has a bite to it it's about somebody who was always there for a lover, yet the other person didn't value this as much as they should have. Uh, so, for quote, I've tried to educate your childish heart. I made your bed, and I was in it when your faith was dead. I like that line. Um, yeah, it's 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 an okay song. Again, um, it, it it's got I like the little guitar bit. Uh, it, it's a it's a decent track. Um, Nothing super memorable, but again, it's it's okay. So for a rating, I will give the song Bennett three bops. Three bops. On to track three, we have Heartbreaker.
so for my positives for this song, I would say like I really like the chorus. As you heard in the clip there, uh, it's got like a fun doo-wop 50s vibe to it and uh, again a dreamy like uh, air to it that Nina sings with. Uh, the rest of the stuff, I'd say it's got a spooky beginning, uh, but it takes a bit to get going. Um, and it, it gets a little goofy with the spacey effects. Uh, and then there, there's there's a trumpet solo, but it sounds very, like, uh, not great. Uh, not like it, it sounds like just a computer trumpet. And it just follows the melody line verbatim. Uh, and apparently the this song uh, and the song Black Sabbath by the band Black Sabbath from 1970 the bass line uh, and the rhythm is pretty much verbatim. Yeah, I'll just play a, a mashup of the, uh, the song Black Sabbath and the song just as a uh, reference. So as you can tell, it's a very uh, direct inspiration, and that's not uh, not going to be the last reference uh, or uh, inspiration from the band Black Sabbath, as we'll see later in the album. But uh, yeah, nothing that really screams out uh, to me musically. Uh, lyrically, these uh, lyrics seem to be about more self-loathing. Um, the lines, tomorrow you'll find I'm not around, but don't be uptight because I loved you last night. It seems like the song is, is she keeps finding men who thinks she does want to be with for more than one night, but she, she chooses the wrong ones, sleeps with them, and then as soon as she sleeps with them, she regrets it and doesn't want the, the guys anymore. Uh, another section of the lines, tell me I'm good, I know I'm bad, lies make me feel fine, although it is sad, oh, not again, not one more man. So, yeah, again, a lot of self-loathing. Um, Lyrics, it's, it's an interesting approach uh, to this to this song. It's, I can see maybe like the music uh, getting a dark vibe, how she like feels in her head. Um, I guess where they're they're going for. So the lyrics are interesting, um, taking a different approach here of uh, her mental state. And uh, I, the lyrics are definitely something I appreciate. Uh, but uh, the music, I I can't I can't totally get behind. Uh, so for a pop. Mm, I'm going between two and three. I gotta say, I gotta say, two bops for Heartbreaker. Uh, it was it was tough tough to rate, but uh, the chorus is good, but the rest, ugh, not that's not so good. So two bops for Heartbreaker on the track four, and that is Happy Meal two. So this is a re-recording of a song called Happy Meal, which was originally a bonus track on the U.S. edition of their the band's debut, Emmerdale, with some minor lyric changes. So it's a little bit of a remix in a way. Uh, musically, uh, again, the drums are killer here, and the, the playing and the way it's mixed, absolutely great. Um, the little shuffle beat, um, little, the drum fills, Good driving bass. Uh, I'd say the verses aren't super strong. There's not a great melody in there to keep you latched on. The droning keyboard in the verse uh, at the beginning doesn't help it. 
but I do like the acoustic guitar flourishes. The uh, lyrically, it's a bubble, bubbly song, uh, upbeat about preparing a meal for a uh, date at your place. It's like the buildup of getting ready for a date. Uh, she, she says like, prepare a meal with candles, sweet wine, and strings chosen for purpose. Then take a bath with bubbles, shape up my face, eager for the meeting. So it's a, a very uh, unique uh, take on a, a song just getting ready for a date. Uh, simple as that, but uh, it's a it's a bright uh, tune here with a you know jaunty tune even. Uh, but me- musically, maybe not super strong to keep you latched on to listen again. So for Happy Meal Two, I will give it two bops. Two bops. So on to the next track, track five, Never Recover. Definitely a more up-tempo song as opposed to the last couple tracks. Got a little, little, little bop to it. Uh, it gets a little messy at the end with the dueling harmony guitars. Uh, but right from the get-go, it, this sounds like a very European song. Uh, obviously, it's from a European band. But it sounds like a uh, you know late 60s, early 70s sitcom. You know, you see someone po- poking out of a tree and going have a little Jim Halpert face like, hmm. Uh, that's the first thing that comes to mind when I listen to the song. Um, it's great drum performance. Uh, just... The drums, again, I will harp. The drums sound amazing. Uh, melody, not super amazing, um, but I think the energy makes up for it. Uh, lyrically, um, it seems like it's it's mentioning that uh, she still wants to go back to her ex, even though her ex thought it was a waste of time. Uh, so the line, that's what you called waste of time. I'll be waiting down the line. It's a pretty strong statement at the end uh, with not truly getting over this breakup. There's no recovery. Uh, you know, the line, such a loss will always last, and there's no recovery. Perhaps it, it seems like maybe she's letting her ex know from experience that there's no way to truly get over that uh, kind of breakup. And again, another, it's an up-tempo breakup song. Uh, so it's it, kind of like, you know, with Love Fool, a little dichotomy of the uh, tone of the lyrics and the uh, music being upbeat. Uh, but it's... It's decent. I uh, nothing super memorable, but uh, it, it's pretty consistent. Uh, so never recover. You're gonna get three bops, three bops. So on to the next track, track six. Step on. I like this one a lot. Uh, I like the little guitar chug before the chorus. I'm a sucker for keyboard synthesizers. Uh, their verses are very dreamy. Um, I really like the uh, pre-chorus, uh, like kind of darker guitar uh, melodies. Um, it's got like 90 alt guitar rock riffs uh, built in, and um, I'm not gonna say this is like a um, classic like love fool but this is a uh, very uh good classic 90s alt rock jam um yeah it's it musically very solid uh, i really like it and lyrically uh, you know it seems like it's about a codependent relationship the uh singer uh, nina 
seems like she's singing from a perspective of a woman in a relationship where she would let her significant other do anything in pursuit of keeping their partnership alive. Uh, the lines, I think you're standing on my left foot. It's hurting, but that's okay because I'm in your way. She sang in the opening lines, you'll break that foot you're standing on. I'll walk with the other one. Uh, so it's a very much like in hand in hand um, that you know, you need your partner to go on here. So it's a, a interesting song, uh, but I, re I really like it overall. Uh, for a rating, I gotta give it four bops. It, it's close to being a five, but four feel better at that rating here. So four bops for Step On Me. So track seven is Love Fool. We already did that. So on to track eight, and that is Losers. I do like the little quiet parts of the song with Nina's vocals and the little small drum fills, uh, as it kind of gives the uh, you know song, the rest of the parts of the song, a uh, breath of fresh air. And uh, but it, it the overall, this feels this musically, this song feels a little plodding. Um, it feels like a come down from, especially at being after listed after Love Fool. Uh, it it doesn't feel like it goes anywhere musically. Uh, there is a little more grime in this production. It's not super overproduced. The xylophone thrown in there has a gives it a nice dreamy tone, which is nice. But uh, after listening to it, I felt like I sh you know I should have taken a nap. Uh, it was putting me to sleep a little bit, um, and that, I don't think that's in a great way. Uh, so not a super strong melody. The vocals stay in a whisper state for the most part, into the showcase Nina's range, uh, which you know she has she has a lot, and uh, it doesn't really reach its full potential. Uh, the lyrics uh, it's ultimately a love song. Uh, you know, the uh, losers are your weakness. They will always touch your heart. You're touching me as well because I have always been a part. Very standard you know, love song fare. Nothing too too much here. So not terrible, but nothing you know, memorable. So for losers, give you two bops. Two bops for a rating. On to track nine, and that is Iron Man. So remember when I said earlier on there was another Black Sabbath uh, nod on this record? Well, here we are. Uh, this is the cover of a 1970 classic song. When I uh, checked out the track list on this album without listening to it before, I was like, Iron Man, hmm, is that a, that can't be of a, a cover for this band, that'd be weird, and then as I get to this, I'm like, whoa, whoa, that is mind-boggling, they did a, a jazzy lounge version of this song, and I gotta say, uh, this may not, uh, this may anger some metalheads here, but I actually, I really like this song, this is such a, like, great take on a, uh, a classic song such as Iron Man, and uh, I, I did not expect to like this song as much as I did. It's it's such a like uh, you know different song that it, uh, the Cardigans make it their own, and Nina does an amazing job. Uh, it, 
of like just her performance. Um, I love the uh, outro scatting that she does at the end. That's also fun as well. Just a total surprise I did not expect uh, to hear here. So I, 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 no surprise here. For Iron Man, I will give you five bops, all right? Uh, Metalheads may not like this, and, you know, I, I like, I love Black Sabbath, uh, but I thought this was such a fun version that I can't get enough, I couldn't get enough of it. This is a fun song. So five bops for Iron Man. So, moving on to track 10, The Great Divide. Positives. Uh, I like the little whimsy orchestral uh, splashes thrown in there, um, but this, I feel like the song sounds a lot like uh, earlier in the track, Heartbreaker, uh, with a doo-wop 50s chord progression, um, you know, the, the same type of vocals that uh, Nina performs on. Uh, it feels This feels unfinished, especially to the, the guitar melody uh, is kind of messy towards the end, and it, it, it doesn't feel like there's a, a proper conclusion. Um, it just nothing really hooks you to it, and lyrically, it just it seems like it's about you know a heated argument between a couple. Uh, the line I do like the line you know there's a monster growing in our heads, raised up on the wicked things you said. Uh, great divide between us now. Um, yeah, it's 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 okay. I like that that part, but uh, it, it's not enough to push it towards a higher rating for me. Um, so this track is definitely a skip, a big skip. Um, it's probably the track I'd recommend to skip the most as Great Divide, track 10, I will give you one bop. One bop. Alright, on to the next track, and that is the last track, track 11, Choke. This is a good bounce back from the previous track. Uh, as you can tell, very 60s, early 70s vibe. The, the flute thrown in there, the driving bass line. Uh, again, uh, a pre-chorus. I think a few tracks have said the pre-choruses, uh, Cardigans know how to do here. Um, and laid back groove. I also, I love the uh, outro vocal harmonies. Maybe the weak part of the song lyrically, it's it's another heartbreak song, uh, which we've we have heard a lot. Uh, kind of exhausted, um, you know the, the lines, a common line. I closed my eyes, but I couldn't let it go. The perfect time. Uh, I do like that section of the line, but it's not, it's nothing we haven't heard yet at this point. And um, yeah, it's it's lyrically not great, but it's enough to get get you going um, and get you in the mood. Again, it's it's a it's a good vibe. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a strong four, but I'd say uh, for a rating for a choke, I will give it three bops. Three bops. And with that, that is the complete rating of the first band on the moon. I have tallied up all the bops here, and uh, it looks like we're looking at 33 bops altogether. 
Uh, and so you divide that by 11 tracks, and this is my kind of simple math. 33 divided by 11, that's the final score of three bops, three bops. And I'd say this, my made-up scale seems to work, because I agree with that. Uh, there's nothing super terrible about this record. Um, there's a lot of middle-of-the-road songs. Um, some songs sound the same to another. Uh, the Great Divide being, you know, kind of like the low point. But uh, the three tracks I'd recommend for people to put on their playlist is obviously Love Fool, uh, Step On Me, and the excellent cover, Iron Man. Um, uh, so put that on a playlist of your choosing. So this record was interesting to listen to. I did not expect to hear. I, I really didn't know anything uh, about the Cardigans uh, beforehand, so it was interesting to kind of pick up and listen to a few of their songs before this record and then listen to this whole album just knowing, like, this is... If this came out today, people would be, like, a little more interested because there's nothing else like this type of loungy, jazz, pop rock uh, mix. So, uh, I don't know. It, it was interesting to listen to. And I hope hope you guys enjoyed listening to the album and listening to this podcast here. I uh, have a blast doing it. I will continue to do it to the end of time as I love talking about music and I love talking about one-hit wonders. So that will be it for me, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Eric Hosnieger. I'm a fellow music nerd. I'm a fellow fellow. Uh, this is the One Hit Wonder Why podcast, the podcast where we review one-hit wonder albums and we wonder why. Thank you, everyone. Have a pleasant day and a pleasant tomorrow.